Each year, it seems like we're willing to accept a bit more craziness with our beer, not even bat an eye, while drinking the latest blueberry IPA or milkshake-flavored stout. But mention pumpkin beer, and the eyes will roll back, hands collapse the stomach, and 999 calls are made for a medic. How, we ask, could any brewer put pumpkin in a beer and still sleep at night? Can you imagine your children asking you, Mommy, is it true you're putting pumpkin in your beer? The second you might be able to hear it, I am literally shaking my head at the thought. That's it. Head west across the ocean and you'll come to a strange land where not only do they drink pumpkin beer, it makes the news when the seasonal brew is released just like here with Starbucks pumpkin lattes. How did this insanity come about? And could this infection happen here? Well beyond the work that a few British beer makers are doing today. Hi, this is Velo Mitrovich, and you're listening to the Brewer's Journal podcast. In this exciting episode, we'll be talking about pumpkin beer, What's it all about? Why you'd be an idiot to make it. Why you'd be an idiot not to make it. And I'm going to give you a recipe so you can at least get the flavor of it without having to brew it. So, have your pencils and paper handy. Seasonal pumpkin beer in the States is like Marmite here. You either love it or hate it with little middle ground. Every September in the States, beer snobs have a field day making fun of it and its fans. Every September, the cash registers jingle, a bit more as sales go up. Pumpkin beer is believed to be older than the USA and has probably been around since the 1600s. But putting a date on it, however, is a challenge because it's never mentioned by colonial brewers. This could be because it was very local or because all brewing books came from here and with pumpkin being native to America, British brewers would not have thought about using it. Still, pumpkin beer does get mentioned in what is believed to be America's first folk song written in 1643. Instead of pottage and puddings and custards and pies, our pumpkins and parsnips are common supplies. We have pumpkin at morning and pumpkin at noon it was not for pumpkin, we would be undone. Hey down, down, hey down, dairy down. If barley be wanting to make into malt, we must be content and think it's no fault, for we can make liquor to sweeten our lips of pumpkin and parsnips and walnut tree chips. In an interview with Craft Beer and Brewing, Frank Clark, brewer and master of folkways at historical Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia, says that the likely reason they used pumpkin was that they did not have access to malt. So, the pumpkin would be to provide fermentable sugars to take the place of malt. Even though there are no recipes for pumpkin, there are a lot of other plants that were used this way for beer at the time. I do have recipes for making beer from green corn stalks and pea holes. Those today trying to duplicate exactly what these early American brewers would have done with pumpkin 
have found that the finished product tastes more like cider than beer. By the early 19th century, pumpkin was going out of favor, and outside of using it as a flavoring agent in the 1840s, that was it for pumpkin and beer. Then, in the late 1980s, California's Buffalo Bill Brewery, which claims to be the USA's first brew pub and where the modern craft beer movement started, came out with a pumpkin beer. Although the brewery says that they were inspired by a recipe from George Washington, it's more likely that the real inspiration came from Libby's famous pumpkin pie recipe. Buffalo Bill's first recipes used pumpkin, but then they realized that the flavor people wanted was from pumpkin pie spice, and real pumpkin got dropped. Although today they do make an imperial pumpkin ale with the real thing in it. You could get an idea of this flavor by having a Starbucks pumpkin latte or by going to Waitrose, one of the few stores in the UK which sometimes stocks canned pumpkin year-round, and then follow the Libby's pumpkin pie recipe found on the web. But no Waitrose or Tim Pumpkin? No problem, because here's the recipe. You will need a small butternut squash. Yeah, I said squash. I'll explain this later. Take the squash, cut it in half, scrape out the seeds and the loose crud that's in the cavity. Put it flesh side down in a rectangular baking pan that you've lined with foil. Add about a half inch of hot water to the pan, loosely cover with foil, and bake at around 170 degrees for about 45 minutes. You can tell when it's cooked when you could pierce the skin fairly easily with a fork. Let it cool, scrape out the cooked squash, and either mash it fine or put it in a magic mix. Now, take about 500 grams of this, add two to three teaspoons of ground cinnamon, one teaspoon of allspice, one teaspoon of vanilla, a half teaspoon of ground ginger, a half teaspoon of salt, one quarter teaspoon nutmeg, about 150 grams of sugar, two large eggs, and one large tin of evaporated milk. Beat the pajampers out of it, and there you go. If you feel brave enough to have something with raw eggs, taste the pie batter. This is as close as you could get to the flavor of most creamy, sweet pumpkin beers without drinking one. If you don't feel brave, pour the mixture into an uncooked pie shell bake. You now have pumpkin pie, which tastes almost like pumpkin beer, but not quite. Most U.S. brewers make a pumpkin beer that tastes like this, like you're drinking a dessert. But this is selling the pumpkin flavor short, which can be used in an imperial stout, porter, amber ale, or even sours. Some of the better pumpkin beers, instead of relying on sweetness, make a very decent dry version. The actual pumpkin can be left out altogether, which seems to defeat the purpose of having a pumpkin on your label, or used raw, roasted, juiced, pureed, etc. The pumpkin can either be added to the mash with the grains, where more sugars will be extracted, to the kettle where the gourd will be boiled as part of the wort, or during fermentation, akin to dry hopping, according to Vine Pear. Grains can include a combination of pale Pilsner, Munich, and caramel malts. Hops typically take a backseat, with English or American varietals used for bittering. Most brewers add the spices to the kettle in a mesh bag or cheesecloth and steep like tea, 
Otherwise, they're added to the fermentation, says Vine Pear. Back to the squash question. Thanks to the growing popularity of Halloween, we all know what a pumpkin looks like. But what are they exactly? I won't even enter the fruit or vegetable controversy, but let's just say it's a member of the gourd family, which includes squash, cucumbers, honeydew melons, watermelon, cantaloupes, and courgettes. To be even more specific, a pumpkin is a type of squash. Because the U.S. Department of Agriculture has a looser-than-loose definition of what a pumpkin is, there's an excellent chance inside that tin of pumpkin or bottles of pumpkin ale or other types of winter squash. In nearly 22 years living here, I have never seen this special type of pumpkin for sale here that is grown specifically for its flesh to make pies. Use butternut squash, nobody can tell the difference. In the UK, pumpkin ale for the most part is being made only by small brewers. Perhaps the largest to try the orange was Beavertown, which made Stingy Jack Spiced Pumpkin Ale last year. At 7.2% ABV, it's pumpkin packed a punch. But this year, it's not an offer. Downtown Brewery makes a 4.2% pumpkin ale, which uses locally grown organic pumpkins. There are a few more breweries as well making a pumpkin beer, including Keith's Brewing Pumped Keith and Leeds Brewery's American Pumpkin Ale. Should more breweries be trying to make a pumpkin ale? If you're contemplating this, when you think of your prospective market, don't think of traditional beer drinkers, but instead, Starbucks pumpkin latte lovers. This group will have the easiest time jumping to a pumpkin beer. One problem that U.S. producers have is due to the demand, which used to come out towards the end of October, has been pushed back to the end of August, almost like Christmas. Pumpkins are still growing in August. If you're going to use fresh pumpkin or squash for the most flavor, the U.S. crop is harvested in September, which will require a mad scramble on your part to get your beer out in October, which will be the target month. Pumpkins are not grown for flavor or meat, but instead for ease of cutting size and hollow cavity. You'll need to spend some time figuring out where your supply will come from. Some commercial brewers use tin pumpkin, and there are rumors of a concentrated pumpkin juice used as well. An advantage with both of these is pumpkin has a lot of fiber, starch, and water, all which can give you trouble when brewing. While I would hate to admit this, just as important as the pumpkin, or even more so, are the spices used. Use the holy five, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, ginger, and vanilla. Expect to use double or triple the amount of cinnamon and allspice a recipe calls for. Because pumpkin beer is still a new concept here, this is not the time to experiment with adding cucumber, cumin, coriander, or chili. Keep it simple, and you can't go wrong. So... Thumbs up to pumpkin beer. Despite few in the UK recognizing a pumpkin pie, thanks to Starbucks and its seasonal pumpkin latte, many are familiar with its flavor. This latte is a combination of Starbucks espresso roast coffee, pumpkin pie flavored sauce, and steamed milk topped with whipped cream and pumpkin pie spices. To get Starbucks fans to make the leap to pumpkin 
beer with identical flavors, except for espresso, would take zero effort. Women will find pumpkin beer to be familiar, mainly masculine men who secretly crave the flavor of Starbucks pumpkin latte, now also available at Greg's, but who are too embarrassed to buy one, can get their craving satisfied in a beer. The same doomsayers who said American-style fried chicken, ketchup, and cheeseburgers would never catch on here, they're the same ones who are saying the exact same thing with pumpkin beer. Trust me on this, you will make a killing with pumpkin beer. Or, thumbs down to pumpkin beer. You know, there's some things better left on the other side of the Atlantic, such as double-stuffed Oreos, Velveeta processed cheese, and pumpkin ale. Sure, while the British craft brewery has a lot to thank from the Yanks, thankfully our brewers have had enough sense not to make pumpkin or cold cereal-flavored beers. Pumpkin and pumpkin spice has had years to catch on here. But outside of lattes, it hasn't. Go to any grocery store, look in the spice aisles for pumpkin pie spice, you will not see it. If you've had pumpkin pie, pumpkin bread, or pretty much anything else pumpkin, chances are you have an American friend making these for you. No doubt you'll hear an earful from them and how hard it is to find canned pumpkin or the other ingredients. No doubt you'll nod, ooh, tell them how great it tastes, and then give it to their dog when no one is lucky. When you do taste these items, what do you taste? Is it the pumpkin or squash? No, it's the spices. And do you really want to make cinnamon-flavored beer? In the States, one of the strong appeals of pumpkin beer is the feeling nostalgic it gives to a drinker, bringing back fond memories of trick-or-treating on Halloween, Thanksgiving, and good old American pride. Memories we don't share here. Trust me on this, your pumpkin beer will end up going to a farmer's pigs. It will never catch on here. Don't make it. With today's podcast, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Rebe publisher John Young, TPJ editor Tim Sheehan, sound engineer Roth McFerrins for turning this into an English you can understand, and most of all, you are brewing compadres for listening in. This has been Vela Mitrovic, and you can enjoy the Brewer's Journal podcast.